Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down to talk about uh, Lent and the importance of that in the liturgical calendar, as well as the cross and the symbolism around that and um, how it impacts uh, Christian spirituality. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. Uh, he does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Neddy at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. DRCR Pod is a place to go uh, to hear other episodes of this podcast or wherever you found this. Um, dreamwalkerway.com uh, to purchase a book of Haiku by David Morrison, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. That's the place to go. Also, we have launched a um, sign language, American Sign Language translation of the book on YouTube. Uh, We will link that in the uh, bio, so please uh, subscribe to that. Uh, We will be releasing, uh, there's five sections in the book, book, uh, and we will be releasing one section each week for the next five weeks. Um, if you if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Introducing our mainest man from the Verge, David Morrison. <laughs> from the Verge. I'm trying to use my Verge voice. <laughs> Voice from the edge. <laughs> Can you hear me? Um, happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday, yeah. My friend. Um, it's nice, bright and sunny with a little bit of a cold breeze. <laughs> the, wind, the wind tricked us for meditation station to go outside. Um, today, so this podcast will post the Tuesday... Before Ash Wednesday. Fat Tuesday. Oh, it is fat As the Louisianians call it. David and I are going to take a field trip to New Orleans. You might never see us again. Uh, Just joking. Um, So, with that being said, today's episode, we are going to explore a uh, passage from Richard Rohr's book, The Cosmic Christ. And um, sort of look at, at this idea of the cross and couple that into uh, the beginning of Lent or, or the idea of Lent as a liturgical, as part of the liturgical calendar. So um, I'll let David take it from there and, and we'll, we'll roll the show. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long passage, so I'll just read a small part of it. But the beginning, you know, he's talking about the following Jesus as a vocation and he describes it as, as sharing the fate of God for the life of the world uh, to allow what God for some reason allows and uses and then to suffer in our own lives, which which just life affords us anyway. Right. Uh, no matter how slight that is, what God suffers eternally. And so that points to the, to the reality of the cross, which... Uh, you know, is is a is a cosmic reality. It's a universal reality. It's the eternal mystery, which uh, is a controversial statement for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of an accepted statement that you would you would imagine was probably yeah. Jesus's intention. And so, yeah. So here's how he 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 describes it. He says the cross then is a very dramatic image of what it takes to be useful for God. It does not mean you are going to heaven and others are not. Rather, it means you have entered into heaven much earlier and thus can see things in a transcendent, whole, and healing way now. To maintain this mind and heart over the long haul is true spirituality. I have no doubt that it takes many daily decisions and many surrenders. It is aided by seeking out like-minded people. Such grace and freedom is never a lone achievement. A heaven you created by yourself will never be heaven for long. Saints are those who wake up while in this world instead of waiting for the next one. Francis of Assisi, 
William Wilberforce, Therese of Les Sioux, and Harriet Tubman did not feel superior to anyone else. They just knew they had been let in on a big divine secret, and they wanted to do their part in revealing it. They all refused to trust even their own power, unless that power had first been taught and refined by powerlessness. Did you want me to continue, or should I? No, I think that's I think, that's good. Yeah, I think that's okay. a good good spot. You know, we can always continue on if need be with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, it, it's from the book Cosmic Christ, which is a great book. And yeah, is it Cosmic I, Christ or Universal Christ? I don't remember. Uh, there's so many Richard Rohr books. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look it up and put it. Okay, on the, on I think the, it's cosmic. I think I think right. it is cosmic. Um, but I do think he. What was the other one you said? Universal Christ. I think I think there's another book with that in the title. Okay. I, I, the Cosmic Christ is is a, an older one, right? No, it's a newer one. Okay. So if there's a Universal Christ, then it's a previous one. I I can't keep up. Okay. Yeah, he's a prolific writer. Anyways, <laughs> we will we'll we'll sort out the name of it. Um, well, and just I guess just to sort of start us off is you know. Uh, what does that bubble up for you? Your, your interpretation of that, of that having part of your life is, you know, a vocation yeah. in Christ, you know? So it, it, it seems as though it would, it would hit home for you in, in multiple uh, ways of, the, of how your life has unfolded. Yeah. I, I think the cross is central. The experience of the cross, the, the uh, working out of the of the cross as reality, the death of God, uh, either on behalf or or uh, as a human being, is uh, really is true spirituality. That's kind of where where uh, in a lot of ways where faith and if you for lack of a better word Christianity or the or following. Christ uh, kind of splits off at a crossroads from uh, the popular uh, self-help and wellness mm-hmm. spirituality. Right. Uh, because cause this is uh, dispossess- it's the way of dispossession. It's the way of powerlessness. It's the way of emptiness. Whereas the other one segues into self-empowerment, mm. uh, fullness, living your best life now. Right. Uh, well, that even, kind of thing. And, and so, even in that quote where it talked about, what did it say? Uh, a heaven made for an individual. Yeah, it can never be heaven for very long. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not a customized. It's a very relatable line because I feel like sometimes, or at least in the marketing terms, yeah. it's sold quite the other way. And, and not to pick on that crowd or anything, because Christianity itself. Has become self Well, it it... It, it wrestles with the cross. What is this thing? You know, mm-hmm. f- starting from the early disciples, uh, you know, there, who's this uh, amazing human being, this rabbi, they're following him. He comes from the peasant class. He's a miracle worker. He's healing people. He's raising people from the dead. He's saying things. He's, a, a, he's a rabble rouser. <laughs> yeah. With, he, he, and he has a spiritual authority about him, mm-hmm. but yet there's this approachability about him and... And then they see the whole dream come crashing down as he hangs on the cross and is buried. And so the whole thing is, is uh, you know, the Christianity has been wrestling. Well, what happened yeah. here? What yeah. is this? And then, and then, you know, and then you add the resurrection, these rumors <laughs> right. that he yeah. rose again. Yeah, and even, then, even more and so there, yeah. Him. And then they see visions of him and see him walking through walls and, have interactions with him. Yeah. So they're like, what happened here? And so I think for, you know, that's what we've been doing for 2000 has mm. been on the positive side of Christianity, besides when it creates wars and, and, uh, you know, so, so divorce that from ra- European racism and then American racism and then, uh, religious wars and, uh, crusades, which have been going on for centuries. Yeah. That, uh, that Christianity has waged, uh, so divorce it from that. Underneath all of that has been uh, what is the cross? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the resurrection? And uh, well, and it's funny because even within the different denominations, how they approach yeah, very different. Uh, you know, 
you, you go into, I don't know, you might be able to answer this. You know, obviously Catholic churches have, have the crucifix hanging. Do, do Orthodox churches represent that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to Protestants and it's just a cross. It's not, there's yeah. nothing, nothing on the cross. So Protestants have a, 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 particularly evangelicals can have a difficult time with it because they, because they've really bought into just really only one view of the cross, which is uh, mankind's evil. You're born evil. Uh, original but, sin, baby. And yeah, the original sin. So they really buy into that. And, and so, uh, and, and God hates you because of judgment. It's just, it's right. And, but Jesus, he's a really nice guy. And, you know, and of course I'm, I'm, yeah, you're, yeah, you're I'm being an ass. Uh, but Jesus, you know, out of love, uh, takes the judgment for humankind and dies on the cross in place of, in substitution of our, our, you know, what we deserve in our, in judgment. And, uh, and so, you know, and now, but now you have to believe. So there's still more that you have to do. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to believe, and, 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 that, and then the fine print is you also have to believe all these other things uh, that they happen to believe as well. Right. And, and then you get to heaven. Uh, you know, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, unless they decide, you know. Well, he unless didn't, you get to the prologues. You didn't have a, a robust uh, <laughs> theology of what hell is. So, nope, you're out. You, uh, didn't, you didn't give 10% of your monies to this yeah, church. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. And so, so they don't like to look at the cross in that sense. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before. I was having a discussion with a, uh, it was a Pentecostal pastor. And I was talking about, uh, you know, losing your life to gain it. The, you know, Jesus is teaching. And he was, uh, he said, nope, Jesus died on the cross so I can have everything. And so then I asked him, uh, well, what, what about uh, the teaching of take up your cross daily and follow me? And he was like, nope, Jesus did that for me. I don't have to. And, and uh, you know, and that was the end of the discussion. He was a boomer, so that's the end of the discussion, right? When a boomer game, game tells o- you. Game over, baby. Yeah, so so that's kind of the thing. And, yeah, and and Protestants tend to, uh, well, he rose again. We, we want to focus on that right? rather than. We want to focus on the quote-unquote happy ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't tell me any of this other uh, harsh stuff. But in, but in the, what the Catholics call the Paschal Mystery or the early church, medieval church would call the paschal mystery uh the two are inseparable yeah and any in any mystic christianity stream that is exactly the heart it's death and resurrection and they cannot be divided well, from I, each other and i think the whole the whole story is inseparable right so some yeah. so, some focus on christmas some focus on easter yeah, yeah. some focus on the you know rising again you know what i mean some people want to focus on the miracles and you know what i mean and it's like well no like it's fine to um acknowledge all of those things yeah but when you focus on it and that becomes your quote-unquote theology of sorts um it's like well no it's this whole thing has been structured together in a very um in a way to in my opinion this is this right now is 100 percent my opinion well most of the stuff i say is my opinion very little facts, but it's the structure for this this continued um, spiritual evolution, right? And, yeah. And this continue continuous learning, like we've talked, you know, we talked about the liturgical calendar, and it's like, well, part of that is that, oh, well, every year Jesus gets to be born. Yeah. Every year Jesus is crucified. Every year Jesus, you know what I mean? And it's those those reminders because as people as a species, we're forgetful people. Yeah. <laughs> and so these traditions and these reminders are very helpful for us um, to continue. So we don't have, well, and, you know, maybe some people need to be at that, at that place, but so we don't have to be like, Oh no, G- that was for Jesus. That's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, if you're a Catholic, Oh no, you reading the Bible. That's, that's for the, that's for the father. That's not for me. Right. So, right. Well, it could be both, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, What's it called? Subcontracted out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Uh, and one thing I do want to clarify before we go on. Mr. Richard Rohr, the Universal Christ. Oh, it was the okay. So that's the book. Wow, because it. it was Cosmic Christ. So jump on, jump on uh 
what is it? CAC.org. Yeah. And I'm reading from page 153. <laughs> yeah. You had me second guess it. Is it. The universal Christ, how a forgotten. Oh, of course it cuts off. <laughs> how a forgotten reality can change everything we see, hope for, and believe. Yeah. And you know, and another view <clears throat> of what the crucifixion is, uh, is also, you know, you go to a, a Mexican church, mm-hmm. particularly, you'll see quite graphic depictions, you know, of, of wooden crucifix, uh, a wooden crucifix. Uh, and I remember one preacher when I was a, in the charismatic world, he said, uh, uh, Mexico and Central America, they're, they're under the bondage of crucifixes. <laughs> oh, he said that like yeah, in a negative, yeah, like it was a that was a thing. negative way. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. But but what the view of that would be, would be basically look at you go to a mass or you go sit quietly uh, and, and, and meditate on that graphic crucifixion. You're looking in a mirror, basically. Mm-hmm. And so there was one, I forget his name, but it was a Mexican poet, uh, writer, who said, we Mexicans, we eat death for breakfast. And he goes on, you know, this whole, yeah. their relationship with death. Uh, as a comical thing, but also as a very present reality as well. And Mexico's still that way. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, so it's this understanding of God's solidarity with all the suffering of the world, specifically your suffering, especially if you're in that. Mm-hmm. And so there's that view as well. And so uh, I, I definitely side on that. Well, and uh, I think too, um, well, and, and just, just to go back a second, so the, so basically that what that pastor was trying to instill is that they, they use the crucifixion as some kind of idol. Is that, would that be his? Yeah, or okay. powerlessness Christianity. It doesn't have the spiritual power to okay. it because, you know. Yeah, I just Because wanted- they do the, 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 those North American, American Christians, they do uh, Christianity so much better, uh, you know, so, so they need so to send missionaries well-versed. to poor Mexico. Right. And I used to feel that way when, when missionaries, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I can be an ass. I don't know if you knew that uh, about me. It's a, it's a secret. It's a, but it's yeah. A, when, it's a I quote used, unquote well-hidden secret. But, uh, you know, particularly from the Midwest, uh, these quote unquote missionaries would come down here right. to the border and to help us pour Mexicans out, you know. Uh and, and I'm, you know, and I'm not even of Mexican descent. I mean, there's some in my family, obviously, because we've, been or border people, you know, for uh, a century, but uh, but that feeling of oh, thank you for right. coming and bringing your Midwestern gospel values uh, <laughs> to us poor people down here at the border. Thank you. What would we do without you? You know. So I kind of had that kind of. Well, it's funny because you can't even be mad at Midwestern people because they're so nice. Because they're yeah yeah they are yeah <laughs> so you can't even like say that to their face they're like Canadians <laughs> I, you, exactly yeah I remember very nice and polite people for the to, most was, part was except for that wedding? one guy we met that time he wasn't very polite but oh no no Canadians are the worst people in the world <laughs> oh that's right you're not allowed to <laughs> no. go to Canada right? yeah no 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 they when, banned when, you when Trump said they were building a border wall for a split second I thought he, I was hoping he was talking about Canada. <laughs> And I would have voted for him had he built that wall. But when I found out it was down south, I was like, no. Nah, well, we that's a long, we that's a long wall. <laughs> and it's needed. Keep them up north. Canada's man. very big. <laughs> uh, um, no, yeah, going to the Midwest is hilarious. I, I can't remember. What, it was like a wedding or something or engagement or something. And it was like I had never encountered such nice and polite people in my entire life. It was – yeah. It was the craziest thing. And like, I, I've, I've been all over the country, right? Like I've experienced right. Southern hospitality. I've grown up in the Southwest, you know, and all, the, I believe all those places are super friendly too, but there's something. Um, and I don't know if that's also why they create so many serial killers. They Do mostly they? come from oh, the Midwest, like a lot of Ohio. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Florida and the Midwest. I thought I it was more, the, I thought it would be tiers. more Florida and California. Well, there is, yeah, California has a, has a, a good run on them too. Just because of the populations, you know. Um, <clears throat> well, and going back to this idea of the cross, um, 
I'm sure we've talked about it here, but it, it, it's something I've been meditating on recently. Um, and just, just trying to modernize how drastic, right? So in 2023, the, you show someone a cross, they just, their idea goes, oh, that's Christianity, right? That's, right, that's yeah. what it has become. It's an identification so, of right. uh, a religion. But really, truly, it's really, truly, truly a horrific yeah. thing because it, that was the death penalty. Right. So, yeah. So the modern day equivalent, you know, the uh, lethal injections, which if you know anything about those, the chemical, they they think that the chemical reactions that are internal, they might have misunderstood them. And people are actually right. conscious much longer and uh, literally burn, feel a burning sensation as they're dying. Yeah. Uh, the elect, you know, electric electric chair and how people are electrocuted to death. Right. And these are just like, you know, and so if you start thinking of how, how morbid and drastic those things are, you know, a state sponsored killing, which is probably the worst kind of killing in my opinion, because they get it wrong a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But then you, you know, and so you rewind, rewind 2000 years and it, you know, so if you went around showing an electric chair to people today would be like showing a cross to someone Somewhat. Um, at the turn of the century, right? I mean, the electric chair, I believe, was designed to kill someone quickly. And I think they were trying to be humane. I think they were trying to get out of they were attempting hanging, to, right? Sure. Hanging <laughs> sure. people. But crucifixion was meant as a torture device right, right, to right. slowly kill you. And it was political. It was, uh, it was for rebels against the Roman Empire mm. at that time. So it was a very specific. So it was for the other. It was for the non-citizen. Right. It was for a display. So, so a better example would be Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay. Well, even that was secret, we right? We secreted people away, including I don't think kids. It was, I don't think it was that secret. Was, I mean, isn't there it was like a, a kid there still that was probably. put there when he was like ten or eleven? Yeah. We'll it, never it, know until it, it's a pretty well wide open secret. I guess would be. It was supposed to be secret, maybe yeah. is a better, whereas the crucifixion is supposed to be public, for the public square. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so an example would be around the year Jesus was born, whatever year that was, uh, you know, 30, it, uh, 25, 30, yeah, year zero, <laughs> 25, 30 years before him. You might not uh, have ever heard of BC. There was an uprising of uh, Jewish rebels in Palestine. Okay. And the Roman Empire, I think it was something like over 100 of them. Mm. crucified them at the same time and they and they put their crosses along the main thoroughfare of of the area like the main road yes so you would see them and you know and 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 they you know they would die very slowly it took a couple of days Mm -hmm. and then birds are eating you while you're maybe even still alive and and they'd leave your corpse there you know as long as they could yeah yeah so just to warn people, right? Mm-hmm. Don't cross Rome. <laughs> don't, uh, don't F with us, baby. Yeah, and so that's the death that Jesus dies. Mm-hmm. Except the unusual thing about his death, at least according to the the gospel accounts, is that it was uh, a couple of hours. You know, and it notes that that Pontius Pilate was surprised that he had died so soon because mm-hmm. you were. It was designed for you to. To die quickly. And you die basically of suffocation. Mm. You can no longer hang, pull yourself up to breathe anymore. And then you, you expire. So that was a pretty horrific death. And, and maybe you could talk about, and it may, maybe not so much historical, but may, more the, the gospel side of things of, of why it was significant that they, they took him down and buried him um, the way that they did. Yeah, it depends from, on from your understanding. It depends on the gospel that you read. So the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, agree on how it the, the timeline. Uh-huh. Whereas the Gospel of John is a is is a more symbolic mm. timeline to make it fit theological, okay. mystic reasons. So it doesn't follow the same. And so people looking to harmonize the gospels as historical right, facts. Right. It's a ridiculous <laughs> thing. It's not. That's not what they are. That's yeah. not what they're trying to do. 
Uh, it's like looking to a, uh, you know, a stick and criticizing the stick, the broom handle. Let's mm. say that. Uh, uh, take a broom. Uh, this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort it out. <laughs> and criticize it for not, uh, because you can't uh, drive it like a car. You know, it's like a broom's for sweeping. It's mm. not for, you know, or I guess if That's you're not a, the tool you a traditional use. witch, I guess you could fly it, but... Uh, <laughs> But I think that's, yeah, that's fiction. So, uh, so yeah, so, so yeah, the, the Sabbath was beginning. So, so they broke the legs of the criminals and they found Jesus had already expired. So they didn't break his legs. And again, that was a important to the early, that first church to fulfill Jewish as they piecemeal Jewish prophecies mm, into that. Okay, right. Uh, and, uh, and had to bury the bodies quickly, yeah. So they were granted that, at least, uh, by the Roman officials. Uh, because he wasn't a violent uprising kind of thing, you know. Uh, so there you are. Yeah, and they still wanted to honor his, the Jewish side of his, the fact that he was Jewish. Yeah, because he was offered up, according to the, the Gospels, right. as a as a kind of a, a, a compromise peace offering to the Jewish population. Cause remember in the story pilot, uh, there was a violent insurrectionist uh, Barabbas. And he was like, well, yeah, this guy's an asshole. They'll take him over Jesus and I can spare <laughs> Jesus. You know, cause politics at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, just don't politics. that you're going to get screwed either way. And so he's like, surely this plan will work. And so he gets out there and, uh, and offers them, you know, Barabbas. <laughs> Which one, Barabbas or Jesus, the Son of God? And he's like, surely Jesus, you know, is a likable, he's popular guy. He's out there. He gave them free lunch. <laughs> he's he, he's giving them Medicaid. He's talked uh, to them a lot. Medicare, you know, and he's doing all this. Uh, and yeah, and so the, the crowd wins over and they scream out for Barabbas. And then Pilate's like, He's all fudge. <laughs> and so that's kind of what, so that's probably why that was granted. And then you had the, 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 the story of Joseph of Arimathea, who was influential and, and wealthy. So he asked Pilate for the body. Mm. And so he was in good. So Pilate's trying to make good with the Jewish community, you know, and cause it was already a, yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but the that area of the world tends to be a powder keg. <laughs> Historically? <laughs> yeah. So so that's what he was trying to do there. And that's why he was buried so quickly, mm -hmm. allowed to be buried and you know, and all that. So but still a criminal's death, still very shameful. Yeah, public. Uh very public. And to my understanding, the cross as a as a as an emblem, as a symbol, as a piece of art was not even used until maybe a thousand years later. Twelve mm. hundreds uh, maybe. I, I'm not I, I yeah, I'm not good on the but on the early tombs of the Christians they 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 uh to my knowledge they never used the cross mm. on their on those tombs. They used uh the the bumper sticker fish. Okay. With the, the with Jesus the fish. with the anagram of Jesus' name. Uh, they used uh, an emblem of a of a Roman shepherd, the Good Shepherd from mm -hmm. Psalm twenty three, uh, and they used the uh, which is very significant uh, a, a mosaics of uh, Jonah being spit out of the whale, interesting, or the the big fish or whatever. Right, uh, right. And so that's because Jesus that's comes out in their meditations later, you know, uh, as as Jonah was in the fish. For three days, so the Son of Man will be in the earth for three, you know, right. in death for three days, and so that that becomes a, a very significant image, and for us today too, for Lent and meditating and all that. Yeah, so <clears throat> to sort of we kind of went down a rabbit hole there with the cross, but I I, I think it, it's important in the sense of going back to this uh, the passage we read okay. about. Um, you know, he, he, he talks about, uh, and he, he lists some names, but just in, in the bigger picture, right? The, these saints that have, have, um, I don't want to say witnessed the cross, but have experienced and or lived 
the cross, right? And yeah. and this idea of of that informing. Um, it doesn't say this, but basically informing their their ministry, right? And and I guess from your perspective, is as far as um, you know, you having read quite a bit of Richard Rohr's uh, material and and interacting with him and stuff of of that nature, but you know, sort of how has that informed your vocation? Seeing you know, seeing the saints that have come before you and the service they've they've done to the you know within the world whether on a small scale or a large scale, right? It, I don't, yeah. I, the scale doesn't matter, right? <clears throat> but just some of these things you've witnessed, how, how have those, whether it's inspiration or motivation or just, just being a witness to them, how has that impacted your life and, and ministry and spiritual walk and, and that those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, people that truly lean in on their own powerlessness, regardless of what that powerlessness is. So some, it might be physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. Others, it might be uh, mental uh, illnesses and, and struggles. Uh, others, it might be just their their financial and uh, their, their socioeconomic mm-hmm. powerlessness. These are, these are the ones. These are the, one, these are the disciples, if you will. I've seen them in prisons. I've seen them in hospitals. Uh, I've seen them in my own family and life. And these are the ones that I, if you will, uh, look to. Uh, The ones that built themselves up and had a, they were impressive at the beginning to me. Wow, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Uh, But when you see that uh, their, their, their whole spirituality, their whole Christian faith has been an avoidance of the cross, <laughs> the experience of the cross, then they, they don't really have a hold on me anymore. Uh, Can you give an example? Or are you willing to give an example? No. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. that's fine. But I can give I examples. To, I had to ask. <laughs> but I can, because cause their story's not finished. Uh, right? Yeah, of course. And so, uh, yeah, so their story's not finished. Yeah. And, and life, even even the that pastor that I mentioned, the Pentecostal guy. The next time I saw him, uh, he had to, uh, he was wearing a neck brace, and wow. something something horrible had happened to his just uh, to his spine, wow. where it became fused or you know one of those kinds of situations. So life itself began to to tick down, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and there was his opportunity, you know, and I realized there is his powerlessness right there. There's his his cross, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know. And of course, I didn't say that to him. Yeah, of course. Well, and I, I think that's another thing. So this might be an important part um, to talk about. Is that, and we've talked about it on on previous episodes, but but I think it, I think it's one of those things to reiterate is like all this all this stuff we do within the quote unquote spiritual life, and this I'm stealing your words. This is this is yeah. your interpretation. It's just a fire drill. Yeah, for life, when the real yeah life is gonna when bring life you, actually happens. Yeah. yeah, it's not like um, well, some people might argue this, but it's I would argue that this point, Jesus didn't go looking to be crucified. If you look at his prayer in the fucking garden, right? It's like I don't really want to do this, God. Right. Yeah, <laughs> if it's your will, let it be. But yeah, you know, maybe we maybe we find a different path. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, then, that idea of surrender. Yeah, uh, surrendering to the powerless. Submission. Yeah. yeah, and so you know that. I think the the first time I read in recovery, we we that part, "Thy will be done," is leaned into quite a bit. Yeah, and I, I was never completely comfortable with that, but then after reading the passage about Jesus praying in the garden. And that's exactly his prayer. Yeah, makes precisely. More sense. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Even Jesus didn't want, you know, didn't want to go through, with, put up with this stuff. But yeah, he did anyways, right? And 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 then you know, the long list of every every prayer from that one that Jesus had to the the prayer I had this morning. Yeah, millions upon billions of people have had that God's will be done prayer, yeah. right? And so it's like, who am I to to uh, 
blow that off or, or see it as, yeah. as insignificant or unimportant. I guess another way to put it would be for me in my younger days, I would have idolized or looked up to uh, the martyrs. Mm. You know, they went out and got themselves killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got their asses nailed uh, for Jesus, right? For the yeah. faith. But now in my older years, it's I'm not as impressed with that as I am with those who are showing up to life mm-hmm. and every day in small ways. And I think of countless people that I've met. They're, these are the, my teachers. Uh, I'm thinking of Bill, my friend Bill Riley. I have a long-term mm-hmm. friend I've known forever. You shout, know. shout out to Bill. Bill Riley. I know he's uh, listened to past episodes. So we oh, has he? You. I didn't know he listened. I think so. Ah. Anyway, his parents... Uh, who, who have passed on many years ago. Uh, but I knew his parents and, and they were good Southern Baptists from Alabama. And she was a good Baptist, uh, pastor's wife. Mm. <laughs> and he was a, a Baptist pastor in Alabama. He Bill's was parents were Bill oh, Riley. I yeah. I didn't know that. And his, and they lived near, uh, I forget where the city or the region uh, where uh, Emmett Till was murdered, mm. and he, you know, and Bill Riley's dad was a white uh, Southern man, mm-hmm. as uh, Neil Young would say, <laughs> and he was vocal against that murder, and they got basically run out wow. of Alabama, and yeah, that'll get you run out of Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> so they went to Salt Lake City and planted First Baptist there. Amazing. And that, that didn't go so well. Either. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible, though. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. We're going to Mormon country. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. We're going to plant our flag there, baby. And so so they ended up in El Paso <laughs> and had to supplement their, their work there. They both they both were teachers. Okay. And then they, uh, they did the ultimate sin, which was a Southern Baptist. They became charismatics. Again, speaking in tongues. They went, and they went to the dark side. They went crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and so there was all that story, but really at the end of her life, uh, no one had come. You know, her friends were either dead or just they had forgotten her. Mm. Uh, they were shut in, both of them, with their health issues. It's a horrible thing to have terrible health issues and you don't die. Yeah. And you just keep lingering on and... And I remember her, she'd be in bed and she had uh, dementia as well. And she would just lie in her bed and pray for the life of the world. And I realized in this powerlessness, this is her, uh, at, at uh, her, her finest, this is her best life. This is the power of God that shames the wise. This is uh, the power of the cross, the secret of the cross right here. And and it was it had a quite a, you know, impact on me to see that, you know, that's, that's amazing because I've wrestled with this thing on and off for, I don't know, several years that someone we both know, and I'm not going to say their name, but I don't know, a decade plus ago said something to the extent of like, and it, it, it was a larger conversation. So I'm just, I'm just picking, you know, pick cherry picking this here, but Something to the extent like, oh, I don't know how good or how useful um, people were going to uh, like monks that live in monasteries in the middle of like in a mountain, right? Whether right. it's Buddhist or Christian, it wasn't it wasn't like directed at any one um, denomination because we're talking about religions as a whole. Yeah. And. You know this idea of quote unquote usefulness, right? The, I would um, say the idolatry of uselessness. Yeah, I mean and, usefulness rather. And so it's like, well, no, but that prayer because those prayer those prayers don't just stay in those monasteries. No, right? absolutely not. And so you telling this story right now of this woman, it's not like she chose to be bedridden. Right. No, it's <laughs> or, the course or, that life takes. Yeah. yeah or it was in her nineties. You know what I mean? And still having that idea to basically use that as her monastery yeah. to pray for the light of the world. Right. And to continue that prayer. Right. And so it's like, Oh no. Yeah. Those, uh, 
everyone in every monastery holding those prayers for us that are not in monasteries, right? Yeah. Um, that is part of the, that is part of God's work. That is part of the universal Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Richard Roy would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Anyways. And, yeah, another thing, a memory of her was, is that, so when I first met her, I was in my early 20s and and was beginning to preach more to the to the big crowd. <laughs> And, uh, to the full gymnasium. Yeah, instead of just the the youth, right? Yeah, you know? uh, I was graduate. I was graduating from being a, a lowly youth pastor to being a big boy pastor, full talk, time even. You get to talk to the adults. <laughs> just church culture is so dumb, isn't it? Shoot, so anyway, so uh, and so she'd want to pray over me, and she was very Pentecostal, and so you know, so she she lays hands on me, puts her, and of course she puts her hand. I think one on my cheek and the other on top of my head and, and she's shaking me <laughs> like, like shaking me, like trying to, like I owed her money, uh, <laughs> you know, and Bill's just is laughing, you know, cause yeah. she's like, you know, jolting me, you know, like if you, if you're in the Pentecostal charismatic world, you know what I'm talking they about know, yeah. and, and would do that. And her hand would start shaking. Right. And her hands were very soft uh, and, and it'd be shaking on my cheek. And then, so fast forward fifteen years later, when she's on her 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 uh, her, her deathbed, which was her regular bed, uh, usually oh, your deathbed yeah, yeah, is your regular yeah, bed. Yeah, but anyway, uh, she would reach out, you know, to, for me to hold her hand, and then she'd want to touch my face. Mm-hmm. And this time, it was shaking from from uh, Parkinson's, I believe. I, I can't remember, but from you know, from all her illnesses and well, just old she, age, she was un- yeah, uncontrollably yeah. shaking. And to me, that second shaking was much more powerful than the first shaking, which was the Holy Ghost vibes. This one was was the power of the cross and God's humanity. So anyway. And and the Holy Ghost vibes. Exactly. The the, Holy yeah, Ghost yeah. vibes that Exactly. Come with, yeah, that's what I'm that. trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bill Riley could, you know, he'll probably it's, correct me on all the factual things I just got wrong. It's it's the <laughs> transformation of that Holy Ghost. Yes, right? that's what I'm that, yeah, that happens thank you. within us. So anyway, to me, that's the powerlessness. That's the cross, the crucifixion being lived out in our lives. And, and so, um, and this probably isn't a, the best transition ever, but because uh, I do want to get it in because I think it's important. But um, as we transition into this time of Lent, right? Yeah. With, with tomorrow being, not tomorrow as we record this, but tomorrow as we post this, tomorrow being Ash Wednesday, um, sort of what it, what is the, how can we take this, this cross, right? Cause at the end of Lent, we right. encounter the cross, right? right and right. so how can we take these ideas that you and I have been talking about today as we, as we step into Ash Wednesday and, and the greater season of yeah. Lent? Yeah. It's, it's the ancient church's invitation to enter into a 48 day period. It's, it's 40 days. They don't count Sundays. Mm. So it's, you know, it's 47, 48 day, depending on the, the year. And it commemorates Jesus's initiation as the beloved, as the son of God, as Messiah. And it's saying you can be in, you're to be initiated into this same desert. So, so he goes into the wilderness for 40 days. That's the gospel tradition. Mm-hmm. Goes, he disappears for 40 days, 40 nights. It's tempted. Scholars tend to say that that story of his 40-day sojourn into the wilderness is a summary of the trials and tribulations of his entire life. Interesting. So, cool. so that's the invitation. Uh, it's, it's very Jewish in that uh, the... the it's, so it's also commemorating the people, the, uh, the the Israelites being in the wilderness for 40 days and being courted by God as the bridegroom mm. uh, in the in the wilderness period with Moses. Right. Uh, it's in the prophetic tradition of Jonah being in the whale. Uh, so it's this dying to yourself. Um, it's this, it's the emptiness. It's the leaning into your own powerlessness so that you look outside of yourself. Uh, so it's very different. It's a different consciousness than the consciousness of 
the self-help movement and right. even corporate America, you know. Uh, and so uh, another uh, other words for it would be uh, w- within Christianity would be, uh, well, the charismatic, we used to say die to yourself. Right. You have to die to yourself. Uh, so there, there was definitely that tradition in, in you know, in evangelicalism, they'll say that surrender uh, is a big thing. Uh, and so submitting to God, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Carmelite tradition in Christianity the, of John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila would be, they'd call it enter into the nada, N-A-D-A, the nada, the Spanish word for nothingness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franciscans would call it poverty, lady poverty. They personified her uh, entering into your own poverty, inward and outward. Um, so, so yeah, so on and on it goes, uh, in Buddhism, it would, it would be, you know, entering into, uh, your, your own nothingness. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm talking well, too much. No. And even, you know, even in the recovery context, turning your, your life and your will over to a higher power exactly is the same, you know, the, there's not necessarily a liturgical calendar connected with recovery, but it just. Right. As new people are coming in and going through the steps, it's that it's just a con- you know right. It's yeah. like it's it's part of the it's the um the renewing of it constantly. But there is there is the redundancy or not the redundancy, the repetitiveness. Yeah. In the you know com- not comparable to the liturgical calendar because it's not based on the calendar, yeah. but in the same sense as we get those reminders as as new people come and grow and stay and uh you know whether you stay sober long term or you relapse or you know you 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 go away you know for a while and then come back and revisit recovery or you know however it it plays out for everyone differently right yeah yeah. but there's that similarity of of what you're talking about of having this idea of of entering into the steps entering into sobriety and and um which you know for me sobriety is at least in this part of my life time of my life and and uh has been for several years is is synonymous with god for me it's 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 one and the same yeah um because when i'm when i'm in my active uh addiction i'm that's that's me living life the way precisely how i want to live it as selfishly and and self-centeredly as possible yeah yeah and you want me to read the end of that the second part of it yeah um, yeah, let's go ahead and, and yeah, let's do that. So he, so he had mentioned, yeah, these, these examples of, of some of these people, Francis of Assisi, William Wilberforce, for those of you who don't know, he was, uh, a British, uh, I think he was a rich guy who ended up giving his entire life to fight for the abolition of slavery mm. in, in England and was successful in England. Uh, they, they did it without a civil war. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Therese of Lisieux, who's a very young uh, nun who who uh, came up with a, a spirituality called the Little Way. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting person. And then Harriet Tubman. I've always, I kind of imagine Harriet Tubman, uh, if she, she was the founder of the Underground Railroad right. and that thing. And, uh, and so I, I've kind of imagined her being my spiritual director, mm-hmm. like now, you know, and she, and so when I get too scared to go to the cross, she puts a gun to my face. <laughs> says, no, you're going now. You're going We've gone it. too far. Because she would have to do that to save all of their lives, uh, including including escaped slaves who got cold feet. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to go. I'm going to go back. And she pull the hammer back and say, no, you're going. That's what you need. You need it's, a Harriet Tubman. Everyone too needs late. A, a Tubman in their life. Uh, so they did not feel these these kinds of people did not feel superior to anyone else. They knew that they had been let in on a big divine secret uh, and they wanted to do their part in revealing it. They all refused to trust even their own power unless that power had first had been first taught and refined by powerlessness. This is no easy truth. Once their entire frame of mind had been taken apart and reshaped in this way, they had to figure out uh, how they fit back into the dominant worldview. And most of them never did. 
at least not completely, like France of Assisi, never. Uh, this became their crucifixion. The way of the cross can never go out of style because it will surely never be in style. It never becomes the dominant consciousness anywhere. But this is the powerlessness of God, the powerlessness that saves the world. And so, so, and that's what Lent is. It's the invitation to enter into these kinds of truths uh, in a way. And again, yeah, it's, it's a practice so that you can, it's a fire drill. Right. So that when there's a real fire and, and, and you know, and, and when you do a fire drill at school, hopefully there's never a real fire. Mm-hmm. Although there may be a shooting on your campus because this is what America has decided is okay. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep Well, that's head. why we should arm all the teachers. Yeah, that makes more sense. Guns. Makes sense. Yeah, more <laughs> guns. Uh, anyway, but it, it, so it's, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, as we used to say as Pentecostals, it's to get a foretaste of this so that you can have a taste for it. Mm. Uh, we used to like to do very stuff. clever. Like, yeah, because we were very clever back then. Um, Flobbity well, flea. That's what we used to say back then because we were stupid. <laughs> well, and it rem- I, I never thought about this, but like uh, just my time on the submarine, the fire drills were extremely important. All the drills. Yeah, that's and, a that's a much heftier fire drill. <laughs> and they would say, you know, they would say we do this because we're not calling nine one one. There's no one to save you. Not in the Arctic and, Sea, no. And it's true for your spiritual life. Yeah, we do these things because there's there's not going to be anyone to save no. you when when the shit hits the fan. Yes, you might have community around you. Yes, you might have but your. You're family. all going to die together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might. You know, you there will be support, but. Uh, there'll be a certain um, aspect of it where you have yeah. to walk alone. And, and, you know, I think the episode we did about, you know, the uh, your, your near death experience um, covers that well, right? There was yeah. the aspect of the, of your family and your loved ones around you helping you and supporting you, but there was still a loneliness and a, um, a um, just a mourning period you had to face on your own. Yeah. Um, and in your case on the submarine, isn't it true in some cases on certain missions, if the sub blew up, they wouldn't even tell where you died, right? They wouldn't tell your families where the sub was. Uh, uh, yes and no, it would come out eventually. Okay. But yeah, yeah. we've all, well, and the nice thing about it is we've only lost two nuclear submarines. Oh, I think, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so one of them, well, they, they're they not sure about one of them. They don't, it had something to do with the torpedo, but they don't know if it, if it uh, blew up on its own in the submarine yeah. or when they shot it out, um, it turned around on them. Wow. Um, and then the other one was, it was an actual mistake on, on some of the engineering stuff. Um, but th- those, both of those are like pretty well known what part of the oceans that, mm. that they occurred in. So where they, that's um, the one where they captured the Russian sub, the red October, right? So <laughs> I, I saw that documentary. I, I did not. <laughs> um, yeah. James Earl Jones showed yeah, when you, said, I was never here. <laughs> when you live on a submarine and you go to watch a submarine movie outside of down periscope, I will vouch for that one. <laughs> uh, they're so dumb. There's, it's just like, Oh my God. Um, so I, I guess yeah. we, we are coming close to time. And so I, I guess uh, I, I like your insight on, on the, these kinds of things. But just as, as people are approaching Lent, um, what, what are some of the some of the ideas or uh, meditations you might you might pass along uh, to someone that that is uh sort of connected with this conversation you and I are having around the powerlessness and, and the, you know, the, um, impact, yeah. the, the huge impact the cross has and what a significant sign that is. And, and just sort of some thoughts or, or meditation or prayer to, to sort of walk into, uh, Ash Wednesday, um, with as, as yeah. we walk through Lent to the, to the cross, right. We're, we're starting that that walk with Christ to the cross. Yeah. 
Uh, I would suggest, I mean, there's always the traditional thing. So you give up candy right. <laughs> uh, or you fast or you, you know, do a devotional of some sort. Just all those, if that's what you need to do, do it. I needed to do that, those things for a time. And then I didn't need to do them. Uh, but what comes to my mind for this Lent would be if you, if you view a large part of the crucifixion of Jesus as God's ultimate solidarity with the suffering of the world, uh, then put yourself personally in that suffering mm. in some way. And so, like, for example, I'm thinking of, there's a family in El Paso uh, whose 14-year-old boy was just out riding with his friends. I think the drive, I think, I don't think anybody in the car was under 17. It was like, you, mean, you mean everyone in the car was under 17? Yes. Yeah. And they were in a fiery wreck. The, the car flipped over, caught on fire. Uh, I think the other two fled the scene and the, and the 14 year old boy burned alive and, and then seeing the interview of her, the, the boy's parents. And so, so reach out, you know, uh, in some way, uh, our friend Greg Steele, hopefully he won't be listening to this, <laughs> I don't <laughs> but think he, he, he witnessed a horrific accident right. recently and saw them die in front of him and, mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking of inviting him and whoever else to go to the accident site and do some sort of a healing mm-hmm. prayer, ritual, uh, that kind of thing. Instead of usually we want to avoid thinking of these things and uh, because they might happen. There's a superstition that we all have, you know, well, that might happen to my son or that might happen to me, you know. And, uh, and so, so enter in in a small way. If that would be too much, then some other way. Mm-hmm. Spend some time praying for someone, look at their picture. The picture of the boy would break your heart. He looks like he's twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, and he and he and his mom is crying that he was left alone there. His friends abandoned him, and then thinking of what those friends are feeling like, of course, right now, and yeah. their families, their lives are yeah. completely ruined. You know, in, in in the conventional sense, you know, there's no there's no new there's no uh, normal going back to the way things were for them, mm-hmm. for everyone in that circle. You know, and and their school friends and, and yeah, so that. so hold that in, in your prayers. At least start there and then you know, then there might be there's always GoFundMe's because we don't have health care in America. Uh and so uh, you know, there's all kinds of, of different things. Well I think too coupled with that is what you're talking about with uh Bill's mom and her prayer. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the light of the world and, and um we we all can do that, right? We yeah. Can, we can all embrace that and and um, ask that for the the greater community yeah. of 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 our, our globe, our planet, yeah. and every every living creature on it. Um, from from the yeah, um, I get it when you know there's kind of a social media trend recently when there's a shooting and there's a shooting every day in America and. And people will tweet out, you know, or whatever, or post uh, thoughts and prayers, fill in the blank of the latest. And then, and there's a trend to to push back against that as well and say, take your thoughts and prayers, mm-hmm. shove them, you know. Right. And I get what they're saying. They're saying action, you know, is required here and, and, and real societal change is needed, mm-hmm. which I agree with that. But say that, but, but you can't say that to Bill Riley's mother on her. Mm-hmm on her bed in her prayers. So, so don't dismiss it. Both can be true. Well, I mean, yeah. and it's not just, you know, it's not just her prayers. Like you and I have both witnessed miraculous things through prayer. Yeah. Right. Like I can't deny that you and I have talked, I know enough yeah. about your life that you've witnessed those things too. Right. That like it, anyone can witness those things. Right. And, and so, um, both things, um, are required in my opinion both things are required action and right. and these prayers right and yeah. and uh it doesn't have to be an either or it's it's like yeah. you know let's i mean that was Jesus's ministry he was going around yeah. taking action healing people um you know yeah teaching and 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 praying like it says yeah, he fueled would go by away. a deep prayer life yeah yeah he would go away by himself and pray yeah, in solitude <laughs> yeah so um beautiful man 
Yes, sir. I fucking love you, brother. I love you too, man. We got another one in the bag. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, as always, uh, those drums in the background, that's uh, thanks to Jacob Nedia. Uh, thank you, Danny West, for his editing and sound engineering. Um, oh. We love and Danny. We, we love Danny. And, and actually, speaking of him, he has edited. It'll probably already be posted, but I'm going to say it now um, to help me stay accountable. Uh, we, we have released or on the verge of releasing uh, the ASL, the American Sign Language uh, Translation of David's book. Desolate Beauty, the Book of Light and Shadow. Uh, you can go buy a copy at dreamwalkerway.com. There will be a, uh, we're posting the translation on YouTube for all to uh, have access to. So if you uh, if you could go check that out, and uh, as the YouTubers say, like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, hit all those buttons. Hit all the buttons, baby. Uh, do you have anything, Mr. Morrison? No, much appreciation. Beautiful. Uh, that's a wrap. We'll call it a day. <laughs>